Hello and welcome to All Things Ethical. I'm Georgina. I have my Masters of Science in Ethics and Public Policy and my co-host is Taylor. Hi, I'm Taylor and uh, I will be surprised if I die with all 10 fingers intact. <laughs> Taylor, how has your week been? How's your weekend been? Um, you know, it's been a little rainy and a little bummer outside. But on the inside, it is chock full of video games and mindless distraction. Nice. Yeah, cool. It's, it's very cool. Cool. Uh, great. Well, I am having a really good weekend as well, despite the fact that I had to work today. Because next weekend, I'm moving. Oh, boy. For the first time in seven years, I'm not going to have roommates. I can tell you as someone who lives alone in a studio, it is not a studio apartment recording studio okay just want to point out no we're doing very well here at top five <laughs> network um it, it is delightful it is i'm already excited it's this weird thing where you you put food in your fridge and then when you go to get it it's still there so i'm lucky i've never had the issue where my roommates eat my food mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. The, the worst has been a roommate who decided to on the kitchen floor but that was years ago but i'm just excited that i can finally live on my own and not have to worry about people's schedules in the morning Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. parking parking yeah i get my own parking spot man you you can do uh do the housework naked i could you could don't recommend it but you could. Yeah, I could. And as I was telling you, I'm really excited because I get to finally adopt a cat. Oh, that's going to be great. I know. We never have any issues with Misha, the studio cat. <laughs> uh, for our listeners, she is just being super cute today. I hate it. I hate it so much. Oh, it's look at that. It's all lies. It's all oh, lies and deceit. she's so adorable. So. It. Anyway, uh, I'm glad you've had uh, a good weekend. It is pretty rainy um, and kind of cold. Yeah. I really thought we were coming into summer. No, 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 We don't do that here. We don't do that here. We don't You're do right. that here. You're right. Ask me again in August. So, Georgina, um, now that we're bright and sunny, what uh, what are we talking about yeah, today? Yeah, yeah. So, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about euthanasia. Uh, specifically euthanasia when it comes to minors, which we'll say are uh, anyone under the age of 18. Mm -hmm. And we're going to discuss whether we think that euthanasia should be extended to people suffering from mental diseases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then to really end on a, you know, sort of cheery note, well, we don't have to end on this, we can discuss it, minors suffering from mental disease and should they be able to uh decide if they want to end their lives Le- with the state help ah, that's yeah a, that's a, yeah that's that's a question yeah. i'm gonna I'm, i've got some some feelings on it i'm gonna have to you figure do. out here you do okay mm-hmm. all right mm-hmm. so this actually i came up as a topic for me because i was reading about this 17 year old girl in the netherlands uh noah Pothoven, which I'm sure I've mispronounced her first and last name. It's actually Pothoven. <laughs> Is it? Okay. I I'm, don't know. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure that's a much better pronunciation. So, 
17 year old who when she was younger uh was went through quite a bit of trauma um what i read was that she was sexually abused she was raped and then um as she grew up as a teenager she just wasn't able to get past it uh didn't get the help she needed Interestingly enough, one of her criticisms for the healthcare she received in the Netherlands was they just don't have the mental healthcare, mm. which uh, I I can't speak to either way. Um, but definitely interesting that they have the foresight to be like, well, you know, it's your life. You're an autonomous human being. Why mm. don't we help you if you want to die? But not, let's see if we can help you to get past your depression. Get or your... better so you don't die. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, now, when I first read about her, it said that she was assisted by the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I kept reading, and I don't actually think it was a state-assisted suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she decided to end her life. She had anorexia. So I think she ultimately starved to death. Uh, she did, yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was because she couldn't get approved. But I don't know. She was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't have to eat. I'll just die. Right. What a horrible way to die. It, it is. Yeah, it is. And I think that um, it, it's a horrible way to die anyway. Mm-hmm. But it brought it shed light because the Netherlands has a pretty liberal law when it comes to euthanasia. Um, from what I could gather... Uh, Mm -hmm. Children as young as 12 can decide Mm. that they would like to have the state assist them to die. Now, not for mental health cases is my understanding. It's if they were to have a um, terminal illness. Sure. Um, I think that, though, certainly could bring up the point of you know depression is it's a lifelong sentence for a lot of people. That's true. We're not talking about just like the occasion like you're going through a situation we're not talking about a reaction to something a grieving process or just a real bummer right it's the endless bummer that we have to worry about yeah um so the netherlands are pretty liberal belgium is by far the most liberal Mm -hmm. i don't believe they have an age limit they seem pretty into it yeah from Um, the research i've done and maniacally so yes and i i don't think that it has to be a terminal physical ailment Mm -hmm. it can be it can be depression uh with you know you have to show that it's not a situational right right um i think they had to be signed off three doctors have to sign off on it yes um which seems like a decent checks and balances but it seems like everyone's real gung-ho uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. From the from the videos, uh, I think you and I both watched. Yes. Um, it's not that I didn't think the doctors seemed competent. They definitely did. Mm-hmm. Um, but they certainly weren't trying to talk her out of it. No, it seemed like they were just being mildly advisory. Yeah. Um, they did give her an out. They did, and I, at least if we're talking about the same video, she yes. took it out. She did take it at first. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Which was cool. They were yeah. like, you wanna, if you want to you know, reschedule and not die, she was like, okay. Two years later, she's like, yeah, let's reschedule. Yeah. Let's, let's die right now. And um, I think 
you can decide not to go through with it, even after the first uh, um, medicine the, is administered. The, yeah, they give you, like, like you want to do it? You sure? You're yeah. really, really, really sure? You're really, 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 really sure? Yeah. And then they put you to sleep first, and then that's the end of it for yeah, you once you're is. out, because you can't... Yeah. You're nope. gone. So... Uh, so the Netherlands and Belgium mm-hmm. are are liberal when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Now I know that in the states, Washington D.C., Washington State, California, Oregon, Colorado, Vermont, and New Jersey, starting in August, they have uh, laws where the state can assist you to, uh, I guess, commit state suicide. Is state one of the reasons you can apply for that that i live in new jersey is that one of the reasons because if that's the case they are going to be busy well um weirdly enough hawaii is one of them oh well it does rain a lot does it i don't know i think so yeah okay i think it does i actually i said it and then i went i have no idea if that's true or not so those are the states that if you do have a terminal illness, uh, you can choose to uh, end your life. So it's quite the minority here. It is. Yeah, it is. Is it a is it a state law or is there a federal thing about this? I don't know. I don't think there's a federal okay. law. Um, I remember voting on this uh, law when I was still living in Washington. Mm-hmm. And... I think Oregon was the first state mm-hmm. that passed it. Um, so, but it's it's a, a law that definitely you have to go through quite a few checks and balances uh, as a doctor and mm-hmm. as a patient. You don't mm-hmm. want to just be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do we know in the U.S. what the, uh, it's got to be terminal illness, right? It does. You have to have six months to live. Oh, Oh, so you're really just calling it early. Yeah, you are calling it early. Well, that's, you know, that's that's very, that's totally understandable, I think. Yeah. As, as far as I know, now when I vote, when I voted in the Washington election, that was the law. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's different for different states. I would imagine that it isn't. Or if it is, it's still, you have to be terminally ill. Mm-hmm. Um and you have to be mentally sound. Yeah, I've never heard anyone in the U.S. Like, this was a surprise to me when I was doing the research, in quotation marks, uh, about this. I was like, I had no idea anyone was like, yeah, I got mental illness. I want to call it. Right. I mean, at least not trying to get state help to do right. so, which was strange. Right. Um, so I, I think that one of the first things that really made me stop and think is, okay, if the law is that you have to be of sound mind, mm-hmm. are you of sound mind when you are depressed? Um, n- no. But no. it's it's hard to say because is wanting to die sound mind by itself? Like a death wish is something we associate with crazy people or, you know, renegade cops with nothing to lose, loose cannons on the edge. Um, sorry, it's a death wish. It's a movie. Don't worry about it. Okay. So, um, I, I don't understand that aspect of it. I, I think the two things I don't understand is 
why is the state okay with this? And two, why are people bothering to like do paperwork? Just kill yourself. Like what's wrong with you? Why are they lining up to do paperwork? Like, I know it's scary, but if this is what you want, then you should be able to samurai sword your guts out like a grown-ass adult or child if you're a child. Well, if you were going to die, would you... I guess if you were going... If you have six months to live, a year Mm -hmm. to live, or you're in agonizing pain, I understand the argument you want your family there. Yeah, that's cute, but that's... That I can understand. If you're terminally ill, just to call it, that makes sense to me. But when you're clinically bummed out mm-hmm. and you're, you know, in your 20s, like, what are you doing? One, quit being a narc and calling the government, ooh, to die, help me out, give me a grant to die. Like, that's so European. Like, first we got to check with the government if I can die. Well, hold on. It's only, only... I mean, I think it's Belgium and Switzerland and the yeah. Netherlands. Yeah, so so Dutch. So, so. <laughs> I want that to be the new stereotype. Screw yeah. windmills and tulips. It's gonna be early suicide. I'm so sorry. Except, yeah, it's more Belgium though. But okay, yes, so Dutch. It is Dutch. Yeah. they're pretty uh, Dutch too. Yeah, I don't know if they are or not. But yeah, um. Yeah, it just seems very strange. That entire process seems so very foreign to be like, man, I just want to die. And I'm like, I get you, man. I get you. And then they're like, I'm going to write a letter and get three doctors. I'm like, okay. And I'm going to go through all this. And then they'll kill me. I'm like, it seems like you don't really want to die. It seems like you have some weird excuses why you haven't died yet. And that makes it feel like you want to live. I I guess, Or yeah. at least you have more fear about it than you're willing to admit. And I think that's something you have to look into. Sure. I was real bummed out. Like a 28-year-old was like, I, I want to die. And the state was like, all right, you sure? And she's like, no, not really. And then she came back. She's like, no, I do want to die. I'm like, all right. And then she's dead. I'm like, if that hadn't been an option, that person wouldn't have killed herself. She I... wasn't good at it, at least. <laughs> Yeah. She um, tried and did a bad job. I don't remember. Um, and we will post the um, the the link to these. Um, yeah, that'll be in the show notes. Because they are interesting. Um, at least I found them interesting. And um, I was I was enraptured. Yeah, I mean it is it's depressing, and then there's something very sort of surreal about watching these doctors. Um, meet and discuss. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it. It was. Like, it reminded me when I had to get like my wisdom teeth out, and I'm like, okay, so this is how it works. We yeah. put you under. I'm gonna get those teeth, and then you're good. And I'm yeah. like, oh, cool. It was like, is it an insurance issue? Like, I don't understand why there's all this around it. Like, jump off a bridge. It's cool. Uh, but I think it's that, not cool. Well, okay, jumping off a bridge. I think. Well, maybe not, but... That was my plan. Um, but if you... Well, if you want to actually die... Because I, I don't know the statistics, I would imagine, though. Short of using um, a firearm or, like, a violent way to go. Mm-hmm. Which is probably why men are more successful uh, uh, yeah. committing suicide. The old joke is that women want to leave a pretty corpse. And that's mm. why they stick their heads in ovens and things of that nature. Whereas Sylvia Plath. 
Um, whereas men generally shoot themselves in the face. But I think that might also be access to firearms. Right. Right. Um, but if you want, if you want to go and you want to know that you are going, you are going to die, that it's not going to be this, uh, this really messy, not successful process. I I just don't get it. I think if you want to die, you have to be prepared for this messy, horrible thing. Like, I don't get it. This, this, they have, you no longer want to enjoy this world. You would take literally anything because you don't know what happens, anything over what this is. And yet everyone was so precious about their little things. This is my jar of rocks. It's special to me. I'm like, then stick around for the jar of rocks. They're so, and so tender about how they want to go. Oh, good. I'll be asleep. I'll get... Like, buddy, if you really care, fucking seppuku, samurai warrior, that is how you do it. Would we expect that, though, from someone who is terminally, like, ill, from a physical ailment, though? I can get terminally ill. It's everyone else I don't understand. And, I mean, part of it is it's mental health, and clearly I'm no professional. Um and that's that's something I can't see or quantify, unlike you know physical terminal suffering. Right. And, and I just don't, I don't understand. I don't. I I don't. I can't see like anyone being like, yeah, you are so sad that you get to die, and we're gonna rubber stamp it. I can get being so sad that you want to die and are willing to take that jump. Mm-hmm. That I can get. It's that other people are like, yeah, let's give you a hand. Like, what's wrong with you? Don't do that. Don't help her. She can do it on her own. So in terms of the mental capacity, mm-hmm. then um, would you say, you would say that if you are at a point where you are going through that process, you are probably of not sound mind. I would say you're not. And therefore are not really able to make this decision. I think just um, an extreme will to die, mm-hmm. but also a will to fill out the paperwork and submit it mm-hmm. is a crazy person. You're a crazy person. That's what crazy people do. Those are such dichotomous things of like, I want to die. None of this means anything. I'm completely empty inside. Let's just cross those T's, dot those I's. How many signatures? Oh, three? All right. I'll send those. I'll do those phone calls this afternoon. That is not it just doesn't match with me i don't understand how that's the same same feeling like going through the paperwork like oh i can't wait to die the health plan check insurance all set just can't imagine the meaninglessness of all of this oh i gotta do this on a carbon copy geez let me get that doing all that because it's just i'm like if it's actually meaningless if you actually feel nothing there why would you bother with all of this like oh i want my friends to be there you know how you get your friends places? You don't die. <laughs> like, why are you like this? I don't know if I was just mad at this uh, this this poor dead Belgian girl. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I So I guess then if you are at a point where you want to die, you're mm. so depressed, then you are at kind of the same level. I mean, we assume that anyone under the age of... 18 mm-hmm. we don't just assume illegally they're not able to make certain decisions um because we don't think they have the 
mental right. faculties. Um, and I agree, because 18-year-olds are dumb. Yeah, you know, um, I believe it was Aristotle who didn't think people really were adults and had the mental capacity to to think things through uh, in a reasonable manner until they were in their 30s. No, your brain doesn't stop forming until you're 30-something. So, is that true? I think I think 29, 28, it's way, way, way later than you'd think. And that's why 30-year-olds look at 26-year-olds and go, what a bunch of fools. And I'm like, that was you. Like, well, come on. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've heard about the brain, like the teenage brain is certainly mm-hmm. not fully formed. And mm-hmm. doesn't something about the um, being able to truly like process the consequences of certain actions. Mm-hmm. I swear I read somewhere it's not until you're 25. That, I would mm-hmm. say at least 25. Yeah. Probably. I remember reading and being shocked. Yeah. And come to think of it, I remember when I turned 25, a lot of the things that bothered me, a lot of the things that made me really anxious, I remember going them going away mm-hmm. and I was a lot more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I, I, As far as I know, everyone I know who gets older gets slightly at least more rational. We hope. Your, your lizard brain quiets down yeah. just a smidge. So, um, so I agree that there is something a little, I mean, it goes against biology, um, and it goes against this self-preservation. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. The, the prime directive of don't right. die. Right. Which I get, I get wanting to die. Trust me. I, I understand that, but I don't understand everything around. I don't understand the way they're going about it. And I don't know if it's just one or two people. Like they had like, like a fifty-year-old woman who's like, "Yeah, I want for nothing, and I have no problems in my life, and I'm ready to die." And I was like, "Okay." She's like, "Yeah, I'm just done with it." I'm like, "Okay, but like, what? Why? Like, why? What, what turned off in your brain that was like, well, I have no sorrows or problems. Time to go." I'm like, "What a strange." What belief do you have that makes you think that the lack of life is better? Like what? I don't. I'm so out of my league here, here, Georgina. I'm, I feel like I'm drowning. <laughs> I think it's a tough topic um, because I think that one, it 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 does say a lot about how we view mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I I certainly know what it's like to suffer from depression, and yet I still would say to anyone, no matter their age, you know, it it does get better. But but I can only speak from my experience. And, mm-hmm. and then when I think back on the times when I really couldn't see things getting better, um, you know, I do think to myself, you know, thank goodness that, you know, I did... Did get to keep going, and mm-hmm. not that I think it was ever at a point where I don't think if I had lived in Belgium, I would have taken advantage. <laughs> Got of my paperwork, this. but I certainly know the feeling. I mean, and it, but was that maybe just situational? Being you know mm-hmm. feeling overwhelmed, feeling like life was always going to be really tough. Um, I don't know. I think that, but I, I think it does say how we view 
mental health Mm -hmm. because if this 17-year-old or this 28-year-old had been racked with a really painful disease that wasn't necessarily killing them immediately, Mm -hmm. would we have had the same reaction? Would this even have really made the news? I don't don't think it would have. I don't. If they had like that... this disease where you get this pain in your face that has been labeled at the same it's like your face is on fire and you get it all the time and nothing helps Mm. um i i can't remember but it's the pain level is at the same as a bullet ant which is like supposedly somewhere near the top oh wow um uh and and i'm like yeah okay if you had a face on fire disease i could understand calling it and there was no cure um i could understand it's it's the mental anguish I can't understand. Literally, I cannot. It's not possible for me to understand their mental anguish. But also, I want to like just be like, hang in there, buddy. Like a picture of a cat hanging in there. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like, the little kitten hanging like, like, by the tree branch. Like, pal, it, it always gets better. If nothing else, your brain pan will forget about certain things. And, uh, and it won't haunt you forever because your brain's stupid and it's made to get better right but depression or uh and not just depression Mm -hmm. i just i'm not that well versed on mental Mm -hmm. illnesses all i know is depression um but it is i mean it's a chemical yeah so it's a physical chemical imbalance so it's not even hey hang in there that breakup you went through or that job you didn't get is there not did, did they not try, like, chemical imbalance, like a little psychi- uh, uh, psychiatry, a little, little, little um, some, some serotonins and whatnot? Yeah. Did they not try that? Uh, they may have, but I think that, first of all, I, antidepressants may not work for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, they can have very harsh side effects. Side effects that really, um, I think some people, either it, the side effects are worse than mm-hmm. the depression, although yeah. I guess that's questionable if you're signing the paperwork to end your life. Right. Um, or maybe you don't want... I mean, again, I guess we could say, all right, you have six months, you have a year left to live. I think if you're at that point, you're probably on some major like life support, be it mm-hmm. medication or maybe you're an oxygen machine sure uh so maybe people that's not how they want to spend their last few months so maybe that's not how people want to live the rest of their life mm. on these medications um, mm. you make a good point mm. I, I see i see this i see this um maybe it's not so much i don't want to live it's i don't want to live like this right and um but that said i think that um if you are at a point, yeah, I think it does. It, I mean, are you a rational being if you don't want to live? Does that, I mean, we're obviously evolved enough where we can contemplate our existence. That's mm-hmm. what supposedly separates us from the rest of the sentience. Yeah, sure. <laughs> animal kingdom. I mean, I guess it could be that other animals contemplate their existence but as far as we know they don't uh i know coco the gorilla does not at well she's dead now r.i.p but coco the gorilla did not ask questions right like, okay 
Yeah. So that's fair. That's just um, a thing. And lied. They found out the gorilla could figure out how to lie. Well, and, that's pretty smart. Yeah, they were like, wow. who tore the sink off the wall? And she was like, it was the kitten. That's great. Right? <laughs> that's great. Right? Um, so, so whilst gorillas may be able to be deceitful. They... they do they, not ask questions. They don't ask questions, so that's what sets us apart. Right. So we know that you know being a rational human being is is uh, a part of being a human being. Mm-hmm. So, as a human being, you we've evolved where we can contemplate, but at the end of the day, we are still animals. Biologically, mm-hmm. there's still that level of self-preservation. Right. Um, so if we've lost that self-preservation, does that mean that we don't have the right to be an autonomous human, and autonomous, like, does that mean that we don't? Um, and I don't know. I mean, in the way that we don't, we don't believe that children can make certain decisions. It's like, we don't let them sign contracts. Sure. Um, or... We don't let them drink until they're 18 because we, I mean, that has nothing to do with. <laughs> Where did you grow up? 18? <laughs> oh, 21. Yeah, don't date yourself, Georgina. <laughs> I I was not alive. No, you you were not alive. I'm like, wait, no, <laughs> hang on. I don't know when the laws changed, but I know that I was. <laughs> were, I, I don't think you were born yet. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, no. So, Sorry, I guess I'm I'm in such a sort of European state of uh, mind. Twenty one in the 21. states. Twenty uh, one, and that has nothing to do with being a fully functional adult. Right. Um, that's more of our uh, Puritan background, I think, in this country. Um, yeah, historically, I know they cha- uh, states had to. Cha- it's a state law, but states all had to change it to twenty one to get federal funding for certain highway program back in the. I want to say 80s or late 70s. That's true. And that's the reason they all change from 18 to 21 all and... at once. However, they're all changing cigarette laws now. Are they? Yeah. So I believe it's 19 in New York State now. Hmm. It was 18 when I was a lad. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I just saw somewhere down south was 21. And I'm like, that's madness. You start smoking there when you're 14. Or chewing tobacco. Yeah. But I mean... The age limit has never been a deterrent. No, you kidding um, me? All the, <laughs> I remember the kids outside of high school smoking, and they're like, what are you doing? They're like, no problem. Or vaping. I guess that's probably the cool new thing now. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I know one person who vapes. Mm. Um, I, too, know an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> No, the, the person I know is definitely not an asshole. No, no. Um, so, yeah, okay. So, getting back to, well, the Netherlands and Belgium. Mm-hmm. So, they, there's, so, in the Netherlands, you if you have a physical terminal illness, mm-hmm. actually, I don't believe it has to be terminal. Okay. I think it's just an illness, physical illness. Yes. You can decide if you are ready to die. Um, but I guess that brings up the question of as a child, as children, are we, do we have the capacity to make that decision? Children don't have the capacity to make their own food. Well, okay. But that might be physical skill part of it, 
but generally. So, so as uh, as a child, then you don't think there's some value in them saying, you know, I'm in so much pain, I want to die. Um, I don't know if I know I cannot fully contemplate the lack of existence or what might be beyond this mortal coil. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine being 12 years old and being able to not only find your truest belief in that, but also be okay with what happens afterwards. Mm. I mean, even if we were going to say it's you came from a Christian point of view and you're like, I will go to heaven. No, you won't. You killed yourself. You can't do that um, against the rules. I, or at least for Catholics, I don't know about everyone else. I think it's the same rule. Okay. Um, but so I can't possibly all I it, it, kids are dumb. I just it's sore. I'm like, man, if some kid was like, I want to die, I'd be like, yeah, me too, buddy. Here's a Snickers. Have a great rest of your day. Like, I don't, I can't take a kid seriously considering, you know, today I'm a kitty cat. You sure are, pal. Have a good one. Like, like kids. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair. I don't, you have to be the smartest kid in the world. And if you are, I'm not going to let you kill yourself because you're the smartest kid in the world. So, I mean, once you're 18, you can sign up for the military. Mm -hmm. Um in a way that can be a decision you know you're saying that you're you're ready to die you're ready for to something. die for your and i know it's it's patriotism and we um 18 year old kids are dumb as shit sure Sorry, i'm throwing it out there they're dumb as shit i mean yeah that said though we ask 18 year olds to make huge life-altering decisions yeah because grown-ass adults don't do that they're not dumb as shit <laughs> Sorry, that's going to come off as real bad. But I will say, um, I, at least for the, the U.S. government preys on young, underclass, uh, lower class um, kids to be used in their wars, their endless wars, because those kids need the money for college. They don't right. have the connections. They don't have all this. So I don't feel that bad. <laughs> Because if you're already 25 and someone and you've got your shit together and someone's like, you want to maybe die? You'd be like, we're good. Wait, we're you cool. don't feel badly about what? Getting 18-year-olds to sign up no, for the military? No, no, no. I, f I don't feel bad about criticizing getting 18-year-olds oh, 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 oh. to sign up yeah, for the military. Because no, I, I really, they do, I look at the numbers of people who died in Vietnam or even the Gulf War. Like, they're all children. 18-year-old mm. children. From I agree. lower class backgrounds with no connections and it's yeah I agree. it's hard uh, and so it's... so the can they make that decision i feel like they're put into a, a spot where that seems like a good way out but i don't think an 18 year old can even contemplate the idea of i might die really because they're dumb sure we were well, all indestructible yeah i mean i think it's the same idea of having 18 year olds apply for college and apply for financial aid. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there's no concept of debt. No. Because you have never been in that kind of debt. Even if you grow... I mean, maybe less so if you grow up in um, a family that doesn't have money. You have more of an awareness. Maybe if your family has taught you about the value of money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
uh, perhaps, but I think mostly, you know, student loans are predatory they loans. Are. They are getting, yeah, you know, kids to sign up for an infinite amount of money that they'll never be able to pay off. Right, right. And, you know, I have to say that I was 27 when I took out loans for grad school and I didn't have a concept. Mm-hmm. And that's all on me because 27 is, um, is a you know, I, I was out there working. I should have known. But I just, to me, there was, I just didn't have well, it's that also, concept. It's, it's the promise of it could get paid off because right. of what you do. I mean, that's why we do it is that, yeah. you know, the, so, the idea is that that will get us to our goals and or dreams. Yeah. Um, so and in theory, that totally works. In theory. So if at 27, uh, and I think that has more to do with maybe my background and the mm-hmm. fact that um, I grew up incredibly privileged. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to, I should have, uh, but I didn't grow up with an awareness mm-hmm. of money in the way that I am much more aware of now that I have this huge amount of debt (laughs) it is it is you know i i remember my dad being like why are you why do you have to pay for college and i was like i have to pay for college college costs money he goes no the government pays for college and i was like no dad the government used to pay for college when it was four grand a semester right now it's a lot more actually i think that's about what i paid i i don't know i went to real shitty state school so (laughs) so mine was pretty cheap still can't pay for it but pretty cheap um yeah, yeah, and and it's just like even generationally, there's no concept of there's of this is bad. Yeah, maybe we're all deceived. Well, I, if only Bernie Sanders would save us. I think that uh, I do not think our generation. Well, we've already started having kids. I have friends with with kids so yeah, it's awful yeah <laughs> wish it would stop but i wonder if um i always think you know are we gonna see our generation be very much like the um silent generation where we really didn't have this idea of like oh you can follow your dreams like mm-hmm. this idea of like we have you know like our grandparents we have to go we have to get a good job and i, I think in a lot of ways we will because it, it, you know, the, the teachers and parents and things that raised me were like, find what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Oh, man. Whereas if I have a son, I'll be like, you should get a trade job, like, early. Like, you could own your own plumbing business, buddy. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's okay. where the money is. So plumbing. would we be... Plumbing is definitely... Any it, trade. Oh, I know. Any we got trade. all new pipes in the studio, and I know for a fact <laughs> plumbing's where it's at, pal. Any trade. Um, so, okay. So going back to this ability, this ability to choose to die on a rational level, would it be less crazy if say you had to be 35 have you lived enough of life uh i don't i I don't think necessarily but somehow 35 sounds less crazy than well definitely less crazy than than 12 um but even less crazy than 18 19 20 someone asked me if i would like to die when I was 17, I would say yes, and I'd probably fill out the paperwork. 
because that's easy. Mm. Um, at 35, not that that's an age I'm at because I'm very young and attractive. Um, as far as you know, listener, uh, I can't imagine being like, yeah, let's go. Like at that point, however, I live a much different life than, you know, I, I kind of grew out of most of my depression. Mm-hmm. That's a hard question, man. I think if you can figure it out at that point, if you get to 35 and you're like, I want to call it, I feel like you should be able to take care of it on your own without help. Um, without help. Without help. So I, you... I don't think the government needs to get involved in, in this. I mean, I, your life's your own. Your death should also be your own. However, I don't think we need to help. <laughs> like, if you need to make that hardest of decisions, you need to do that on your own there, pal. Yeah, but yes. Although, I feel like at times it be- suddenly becomes, if not the, the government, definitely like the states, like issue because i know there have been times not a lot but there were a few times when i lived in boston where the t the Mm -hmm. metro Mm -hmm. was delayed because someone threw themselves in front of man that's a horrible way to die um yeah i'm gonna say you know now i know that's very rare (laughs) that is that is i was gonna i'm not gonna no i'm not gonna get in bed with the listener um yeah, that's that's a horrible way to die, and you're right. It it would inconvenience people a lot. So I will suggest Futurama-style suicide booths. They're 25 cents. You hop in, and it just murders you to death. No, no, you make a good point. I don't think it's fair to inconvenience people as, with your suicide. I mean, it sounds I mean, you're so not going to be there, but what a douche. You're going to ruin well, someone's day. Yeah, I mean, so I guess I mean, your life is your own. Now, the nice thing about, I was going to say, you know, does the state, does the government have an obligation to um, help you end your life if you want to? Um, it's a little bit different here because we don't have socialized health care. We don't. That's that's very true. So um, the government doesn't feel like they're obligated to help you remain alive. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, some Ooh. of them will make sure you're not a fetus, but after that, you're out the door. Um, I mean, yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, we're very concerned with, right now, in this mm-hmm. country, mm-hmm. Um, the protecting those who don't have a voice. Right, right. Um, so... Not so much protecting the ones with a voice, which is confusing because they're the ones who vote. Mm. Right. Well, mm. so, okay, so I think... I mean, I I agree. I think uh, I think saying to a child um, or a teenager, I think I think I do think it was Aristotle. Um, I think he's right when he said that at thirty is kind of when you are old enough I, to participate in government. Is what his argument was. Um, I mean, his argument was also you have to be of a certain class, which, you know, that goes into... (laughs) What class does philosopher uh, uh, fall under? I think that's the lowest class, actually, (laughs) is the the philosopher. No, I think if you are able to sit around and ponder your existence and and ask why you you were doing really well back then. Some of them lived in a trash can. Did they? Who? Oh, the guy with the chicken. 
the guy who was like, is this a man? And he pulled out a shaved chicken. Okay, um, I want to say it was... Who was the one that went around classifying all the animals? Was it... Was it Plato? I mean, I know that Plato did have... He's kind of considered the... Um, not definitely not the father of biology, but he sort of yeah because he, yeah. he tried to turn a rock into a fish. But um, yeah, so whoever was classifying things, they classified humans as uh, bipedal, featherless animals. Mm. So someone plucked a chicken and went, "Is this a man?" <laughs> um, okay. I don't remember that. Oh, it's a good one. But that does sound interesting. A couple of people are screaming into their headphones right now, hoping I can hear them. And I'm sorry, you guys. We're in the past. Okay. Um, granted, okay, yes. If you were... All right, so maybe there were a few <laughs> crazy philosophers. No, um, you're right. If you can if you can sit around just saying shit all day, you're doing all right. I mean... Because you're also in Greece and you don't have to wear pants. So, I mean... I think it, I think that is still true of today. That uh, you don't have to wear pants in Greece. Uh, well, <laughs> that maybe. I feel like it's still frowned on. <laughs> that, but I mean, <laughs> um, this idea of being able to sit around. I mean, how privileged, and I don't think you realize this until you leave school. Mm -hmm. But there's a very, it's you're very privileged if you can sit around and uh, for however many years. People care what you think about. Dickens or mm. The Catcher in the Rye, mm -hmm. you get onto the working world and you your grades are currency to get you into your first job. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, no one's going to ask you, oh, okay, well, you know, it's really important that we know what you think about, you know, the symbolism in the Scarlet Letter. Mm. I think Emily Dickens was a lesbian. That's from a John Mulaney joke. And I'm sorry, mm. but that's how you get an automatic B in every English class. Um, yeah, I you're you're completely right because no one cares how I feel about what Pip thinks about whatever's happening in Great Expectations. Right. But I remember being brutally important in the eighth grade to the point where my parents were called. Um, oh wow! Did you not? I did not care what Pip had to say. Yeah. Yeah. Honors English. Were you having an existential crisis? Like, you just realized it didn't matter what he thought or he, what he had uh, to say? Uh, wait, was Pip the main character? Mm-hmm. I'm confusing Pip. Who is his best friend? I don't remember. His I don't remember. His best friend? He had a, it was his roommate. I don't remember Great Expectations very well. But they asked me what his roommate thought, and I went, I don't know. His roommate? Yeah, he had a roommate um, because Pip was set up by, um, he got his money from the convict, if I remember yeah. correctly. And then his roommate had to actually have a job. So they got together and would figure out how much money everything would take. This is from, like, the one chapter I actually read of Great Expectations. <laughs> Honors English, uh, may I remind you. What were you reading? The Spark Notes? I don't <laughs> think like I the read... modern day. <laughs> I don't think I read anything in that entire class. Oh, my I word. honestly don't think I did. I was just like, I can't possibly care. This sounds like a very modern, um, almost sitcom <laughs> version of Great Expectations. 
yeah, you know, and they, they get in a fight and they, they put a big line down the middle of the room and like, this half's yours, this yeah. half's mine, don't you cross this line. Yeah, yeah they and then the con- New York sissy. Yep, the convict comes in like, like, uh, like, 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 like that guy from Seinfeld. My brain's not working. Oh, Kramer? Like Kramer, and he's like, hey, what's up? Um, I didn't watch Seinfeld. I think we've just come up with a new idea for a show. If that show doesn't happen, (laughs) I'm going to be so upset. I'm already upset it doesn't exist. (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, So, but yes, point taken. Let's get centered. Yeah, point taken. uh, That it, it does not matter what you, I mean, I mean, I guess if you ever wanted to discuss what you felt, uh, Pip's roommate. Yeah, or whatever. Thought of his... You or, know, you know... Wh- you found well. Whatever Pride and Prejudice was about, you know. Whatever Mr. Darcy felt about some other thing. I mm. get that confused with Wuthering Heights. And and some of those other... All those female mid-gothic Yeah, books. okay. I get them all. They're all one book as far as I'm really? concerned. Really? Wow, that... I have no idea. That must make for a very interesting story in your head. Yeah, I'm like, when Mr. Darcy was like, no, I keep my evil wife locked in the in the attic, people are like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, he had an evil wife locked in an attic. Does no one remember this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... Yeah, Mr. That's Jane Eyre. Sorry, that was Jane Eyre. Yeah, but I love this idea of you having this picture of, like, Mr. Darcy wandering out on the moors, being haunted by his, like, deceased love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, actual crazy... Right, right, right. He keeps a mad woman because she's hysterical Mm. in in his attic, and uh, and he feels bad about the way he treated Jane Austen. Wait, that's the author. Fuck, I am bad at this. Yeah. I am. I'm sorry, I read that one in college after I discovered drinking. Um, but I get your point. Yes, uh-huh. and 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 the fact that you don't know the storylines, I think, speaks to the fact that um, this is not something that you have to discuss in your day to day life. Uh, correct. Yes. And this is not something that makes or breaks your uh, your ability to go out and make money, to function as an adult. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I think if anything, it helps. To not know. Right, probably. Because it would be real weird if I start bothering people about this. <laughs> Do you prefer the BBC version or the one with Kira Knightley? Hmm. Did you even know that those two existed until Liz and I uh, mentioned I it? I did because Dr. House is in the one with Kira Knightley, if I remember correctly. Or maybe it's the BBC one. Dr. House is in one of them, yeah. and I didn't know he was English in real life. Oh, yeah, I think he's in the BBC one. Yeah, so. Hugh Laurie. Yeah. That's the one I saw then. Whichever, you saw like the which, nine hours. <laughs> which, no, maybe not. I saw one episode of the nine hours of the okay. miniseries. <laughs> okay, I think we are beginning to see why. Um, that's, that's the one where they make the monster, right? And the guy puts all the body parts together and then it gets struck by lightning and it, it's a big monster. Yep. That uh, one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's got a yeah. wife. The monster has a wife with the hair. Yeah. Um, have you ever thought about maybe doing a side hustle as, oh, I don't know, an English tutor? <laughs> I uh, I went to school for English initially, which is so sad to me mm, now because I was like, I don't know or like any of this. Of course, now I could probably teach Iron Man 102 and people would flock to it. Yes. However, 
you were how old when you initially thought you wanted to study? I English? was eighteen. You were eighteen. You were eighteen. I was looking at some of those schools when I was seventeen. Wow. So, so I mean, you know, dumb, dumb. They yeah. didn't even know myself enough to be like, I don't care about this. Right. Which is crazy because I'm like, this is the thing I love, and I'm gonna go pursue it. And I, it's not. It's not the thing I love. What I actually love are books about Stalingrad and comics. So, are you gl- then you knew yourself well enough? Because know thyself. I, I know mean, myself that's... now. And so, if you went back to school, would you still choose history? I would still choose history, but I would not choose English, because I know myself enough that I do not. Well, no. Let me rephrase. If I went back to school now, I'd go for electrical engineering or some shit, like where <laughs> the job money yeah. is. But I know myself now that I am shocked by the choices I made at 18. Minor choices. like Minor choices. What do you want your fake major to be at your community college? I was like, oh, you know, English education. I don't like kids. Not like, not like that I want to hang out with them all day. I don't like teaching. Mm. I don't like English. I chose very poorly. I didn't even know myself at the time. So I can't imagine being like, hey, pal, what do you want to do? And be like, I want to die. And they're like, you got it. And you're definitely not going to regret this down the line. Um, yeah. Now, this woman that we watched this um, piece on was 28. Yeah. Is 28? She was, she was 20 when she started it it mm. took two years right they okay. gave her a date she said no thank you i don't want to die right now and then went another two years and then went through with it mm. 24 is young i think i i was a monster at 24 i was a i was an absolute mess um i can't i can only speak for myself but i can't fathom i mean that that one was full of shit too i i could not stand her i was like you're so Full of crap. Why are you going through all the ceremony about it? If you want to die, then die. Like, why? Why? These are my rocks. Um, This is my apartment. I'm like, yeah, what do you got in there? You, you like wearing headphones? You listen to music? You like music? Well, where you're going, there's no music. Like, you know that, right? Like, you don't want to at least try soaking in a little bit more. You know, this, all the shit you have in your apartment, that's all shit you like. You like this. Like, I don't get, oh, I don't feel anything. But you do, because you're doing it. Um, I don't remember. Did she mention if she believed in an afterlife? or? Uh, no, I think she was more the absence of anything. So, I wonder... Which is horrifying. Yeah. Because uh, I, I had a uh, guidance counselor who... I remember discussing something with him, and and I think you know it was um, he did a workshop on like teenage suicide and uh, it, this idea of like and this just I guess once again brings up this idea of like teenagers not really <laughs> having the capacity to think <laughs> things through, but this idea of like how do you know where you're going isn't going to be worse than where you are now. Yeah, and I mean, what's that gambit we're supposed to play where you believe in God and you might get into heaven, and if you don't, you might not. But so it's better to just be... Well, anyway, what if it is hell? What if you go to hell? Sure. What if you're tortured forever? And you're going to be like, man, I wish I had my shitty little apartment in Belgium, which was kind of nice. 
Um, yeah. So what? What if it is hell? Like you don't know. Yeah. However, we okay. So if there's one thing we know is that we can't un- we can't understand this desire on her on her part. No, I I. I <sighs> but is I that can't enough? understand the unending desire. Like I can get like. I want to die. Mm-hmm. Like, I looked over that bridge and I was like, those cars are going pretty fast. I'd probably be dead and very inconvenienced. That's that's what 20-year-olds are like. They're rude. Um, but I would have been like, yeah, I, I was like, yeah, I could totally do this. This is how we do it. So if it comes to it, that's how we go. Right. They have since changed that speed limit. So that's no longer the, the plan. What, to like 30 miles Yeah, it's hour. like 30. Hmm. So not only can I not die the way I wanted... I have to drive 30 miles an hour on that highway. Uh, it's so inconvenient. Double whammy. I know. They really got me on that. I remember reading the news and being like, well, son of a bitch. Uh, but no, I can't understand the just the inability to find any semblance of joy or comfort or pleasure that this nice young woman says that she doesn't exist for her. And... At that point, if you really honestly think she had, she was like, "These are my two best friends. These are the things we do together." I'm like, "I know that was that was really touching just to you know watch her friends." Yeah, I think I don't know if they were both crying. At least one of them was. I I, she's a young woman living in a decent apartment with a support system, uh, with two good friends and a loving mother, and I can't fathom being so fucking selfish that you can't see outside of yourself to be like oh this is all the shit i have going for me and at that point you know fuck it i'll kill you (laughs) fuck you for not for not enjoying it there are people in this world that have none of that Mm, that is true i mean i think that um sometimes one of the ways to be able to see past your situation is to go out and so do you think if she'd started volunteering that would have made a difference do you think she just was so wrapped up in her own existence and had she maybe joined the peace corps Uh, you know that's a good question i think if nothing else it's a waste of a human body that could do good it's a waste of a mind uh to i get it if you're like oh this is unbearable and I feel nothing, great, maybe look outside yourself. You make a good point, Georgina. Perhaps a little volunteer work would be good for you. Maybe you could make a difference. Maybe channel just a touch of that into some art, and you might make someone else who feels similarly feel okay. But instead you're like, nah, I'll just call it. Fuck you. And your face. Your stupid little hat. Your stupid scarf. Your stupid canals. Stupid Belgium. Your stupid beer. I'm sorry, I take it back about the beer. Well, I think I certainly see where you're coming from. (laughs) I'm so unqualified for this. All I had was hate for this person. It was so bad. And we'll put the link in the show notes. You can look at her stupid face. But I'm just so incensed that you can't see any further out of your own brain. You have so little self-awareness of Mm. what you have and what other people don't have. uh, And continue to have this, like, lack of self childish lack of self-awareness the point where no the government shouldn't help you because you're clearly barely human right well uh, maybe that uh, well uh, barely human barely human 
But maybe that is an indicator <laughs> that you are consumed by this illness, and so you're not thinking straight. Perhaps. Yeah, I, I would say definitely consumed by whatever. They didn't really get into why she feels so empty and right. terrible. Well, and again, depression is... It's not reasonable. No, it's it's not. It's not. But... I don't know. I don't know. My... my I only know my own depression, and it's it's a it's a cuddly little dog that lays on my chest and keeps me from getting up in the morning. Right, but depression can be debilitating. I'm I'm lucky. I it sounds like both of us are lucky enough not to have been completely debilitated, at mm-hmm. least not in a prolonged sense. No, once you get the sneakers on, you're usually good. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I, there's no rhyme, there's no reason, but maybe that's the problem, is that once you're at that point, you're not irrational, you're not thinking rationally. Right. And that that's just part of being human. Mm-hmm. Um, and two years, I mean, the process, I, I guess if you are still going through that process, I, I, so I can see your argument of why, if you're going through all of that, maybe you don't want to die, but, but maybe if you're going through all that and it's taking you two years... You you really do. If you're at that point and you're still wanting to die and... If you really are at that point and you really want to die, I don't understand the paperwork. I just don't get it. Yeah, I guess we can argue, though, either it makes sense because you you've thought about it, you are, you've, you know, you've calmed down, you're not in an emotional state, mm-hmm. it's taken two years, you've signed the paperwork, you've had time to think about it, you've discussed it with your family, you've seen the reaction... You've seen, essentially, um, not a preview of, like, the world without you, but you get to see the reaction of people mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, I'm depressed. I'm going to jump off a, a bridge. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe, but maybe both of them are just irrational and just a prolonged. <laughs> it's just, it's just a much more polite irrationality. Yeah. So um, I, I wonder if. Like an insurance thing? Like why? Why do they go to such great lengths? One guy on the other documentary who had a uh, uh, horrifying, un- incurable headaches. Was yeah. Like, I just don't want anyone to find me. I'm like, then do it in front of them. Like you're the one causing this wow. pain. Like they're ever... gonna have to see you dead and live with your absence. You might as well look them in the eye while you do it. You coward. Wow. Okay. Well. I'm just mad. I'm just mad. I know. Because I'm like, look, if you get, I'm not mad. If if this is what you want and it's really what you want, you mm-hmm. really understand all this and you really understand what you're going to do with all these people, then do it while you're conscious. It should hurt. Death should hurt. Death should hurt. And that's that's the reason death hurts is it's a deterrent. <laughs> that's the reason we have pain is, oh, this right. is bad for me. It's a deterrent. So like. Yeah, that's part of it. That's part of why it's hard. It should hurt. Hmm. Or at least be incredibly uncomfortable up until the moment of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, it, this is obviously a very, like, it's it's complex. Um, I would recommend, we will put this on the um, uh, the site, the links. Uh, uh, it'll be in the show notes. Yeah. It'll be so in the if, notes. You, if you hit the info... 
There will be little bit.ly links in there. You can grab those. Yeah. Um, I probably won't put them up on the Instagram because Instagram is weird with links. Well, that's fair. Oh, we, um, might, we could put it up on the Facebook. Yeah, and I would be interested to, to hear if any of our listeners have strong opinions either way. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And I think I'm being insensitive because I do know people who struggle with actual real-life mm. depression as opposed to my little baby depression that follows me around and I have a cute name for it. Mm. Um, yeah, it's yeah. a tough topic. It's probably why... Uh, this situation did make news. Yeah. Um, because sadly, I think a lot of teenage girls, they pass away from anorexia. So yeah. it's uh, it just happened that she applied for uh, the state to assist her in, in her death. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I mean, who knows? The Hopefully, people do get the help they need. But... Georgina, what do we do as, I will say, as Americans? What We don't have an answer to this, do we? We don't have an answer. I mean, we don't. No. no nothing new. Nothing that we haven't heard. I mean, you know, obviously there are the suicide hotlines. Um, yeah, I, I recommend that. I mean, honestly, when it comes right down to it, like, like I can't. The worst thing you tell someone is like, yeah, get over it, because that's not how it works. Um, your brain just says we're sad today and yeah. then you're sad today. Um, yeah. But uh, and telling people to seek help doesn't work either because um, that's no. not how depression works. No. Um, so what I will say is to our, our non-depressed friends, our cis minded assholes. I don't know. I don't know what. OK. I don't want to say normal people because that's not right. I want to say uh, people who, who, who don't suffer from. Right. From mental illnesses or, or endless bummers. Right. Or only occasionally do. It's important to check on your friends. It uh, is. I agree with that. Because I don't think uh, in the black pit of despair, you don't ask for help because you, you don't, don't believe it exists. Right. You um, don't. So it's important to um, help those people against their will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe. <laughs> but it is important to check. Um, it can be tough. Because sometimes you don't know what to say or what not to say. But I agree. I mean, I don't think there is an answer. Um, it's it's tough. I, I, I would say um, they're not a sponsor of the show. But you can send flowers through Amazon. Throwing that out there. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can do that. Just put in your friend's address. Yeah. And you can do that. And, Prime shipping. Um, I, as someone who, I mean, I did this more because I realized I didn't, I haven't been doing much with my (laughs) life other than working, Um, but not in that, like, cool workaholic kind of way, in that, like, (laughs) oh, I I haven't really gone out there and tried to be social. Um, I did start volunteering, and and I think that that can be a really good way to kind of step out of your your Mm. situation. Do you feel more perspective now? Um... Kind of not. I mean, like I didn't do it because I was depressed. Um, mm-hmm. But I in did general. it. Yeah, I think it's been. It was good for me because it got me out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. um, and made me realize that um, my preconceived notions really were wrong. And um, so that was really good. And 
And I guess I also find it a bit therapeutic too. I mean, I like, so, uh, I think I told you and Liz, but it's at the, uh, this therapeutic riding stables and I love being around the horses. Uh, I was a little hesitant cause I am not great around kids, but I actually really enjoy being around the kids that I work mm-hmm. with here. And, um, so it's been nice. Um, I don't know if that if I was depressed, if that would have done anything, maybe just maybe the actual act of getting out there and, and not being so focused. Mm. Or maybe the loving, healing bond between man and horse. Yep. Mm-hmm. Woman and horse. Yep. <laughs> Woman so... and horse, man. Bojack Horseman. <laughs> like a New season coming soon to Netflix. <laughs> so, forgot what show I was on. I'm sorry. Um. So, but I mean, again, like if you're so depressed, you don't want to get out and but so yeah um i don't know it's it's tough like everything in life uh it it's tough and there's no i don't think there's one solution and if there was uh then that one person who would come up with that one solution would be very wealthy oh he'd kill himself (laughs) (laughs) that was the solution as it Uh, turned out everyone else was right oh wow um yeah, so well, you know, what what I would say is maybe maybe look out from yourself and maybe don't take the things you have for granted and I Yeah, I, I agree. Th- I think travel and in uh and in experience sorry, that was the word I couldn't find. Experience um can work more than your own. It can do at least something different than your own in, in introspection. Yeah, um, I agree. I think actually leaving your familiar surroundings mm-hmm. um is really good i've noticed that when i have been really upset about something or felt trapped in my life and i've left um and it obviously not everyone has the time or the means to go somewhere that one chick in belgium sure did sorry <laughs> i'm sorry but even if it's just going somewhere an hour or so or wherever Mm -hmm. wherever that's outside of your everyday um try a new coffee shop yeah i think that sometimes it's good because it gives you the ability to step back Mm -hmm. um so but i would be if anyone else has uh suggestions or things that they do to get perspective uh i'd be interested to hear yeah, go ahead and call in. Caller line is open now. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can you can leave us uh, uh, comments on Facebook um, yeah. if you're a follower of that, or on our our Instagram at top five underscore podcast. That's top five the number. Wait, top the number five underscore podcast. <laughs> Said ten thousand times, and we're also on Twitter if you'd like to tweet at us at the same handle. But I mean, come on, come on. Everyone likes that Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Do you have any parting words? Any uh, advice for our listeners? Doesn't have to be ethical advice. I would say a great way to get some fun social interaction mm-hmm. is to start a podcast and trap your friends in a room with you. Oh, and yeah. Make them talk to you for a full hour. Yeah. And even better, force your friends to then listen. Friends who are not trapped with you. <laughs> If you Instant don't room. listen to this podcast, yep. um, no, I have I have nothing else. I I think um, a little sunshine's good for you. Yep. Wear sunscreen. Definitely wear sunscreen. Wear sunscreen. Wear sunscreen. I mean, granted, this is coming from two of the whitest people. <laughs> whitest on earth. people. I am a bog person. 
where my people come from, there is no sun. Yeah. There is only peat. Um, but wear sunscreen. Yep. yep. And um, all right. Well, Taylor, it is always a pleasure. Never a chore. Um, yeah. We can end it. Me, we're good. We're going to end it. As my father would say, oh, and it is Father's Day. So It is Father's Day. Happy Father's yeah. Day. Uh, happy Father's Day to all of our listeners who are fathers. I only know of one. Happy <laughs> not a Father's Day. Yeah, and or happy, <laughs> yes, happy not a Father's Day. Um, but as my father would say, um, make good choices. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs>